Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Good morning, good morning, everybody. I am Pastor Chris. Welcome online, you guys, wherever you're at. I know we got a lot of people probably out and about on spring break somewhere, so thank you for tuning in, both near and far. And as always, if you're near, uh, come and join these beautiful people here in person. We'd love to have you. And welcome all of you wonderfully beautiful people today on Palm Sunday. Great to have you with us. Hey, I need you to do me a favor. Everybody, if you're watching this online, do this as well. Everybody pull out your Connect card. It looks, looks like this. Everybody pull out your Connect card. One other thing that we need everybody doing next week, you ready for this? Guess what it might be? Serving, serving, that's right. On the very back, underneath decisions, it says, I would like to volunteer to serve. Listen, if you're a believer, where are you serving? Um, if you are, you know, fairly new to Coastal and you think, well, you know, I got to wait until, like, you know, I kind of, you know, get into some, like, click and, you know, maybe I get, a, you know, voted in or elected. No, 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 none of that. Listen, we would love for you to start serving. Next weekend, we are pulling off in one weekend what we almost pull off in an entire month. And uh, so for that to happen, we need everyone to volunteer to serve. And I know that uh, all of the different ministry leaders would want me to put a strong pitch in for their particular ministry, but I'm not married to you. I'm married to my wife, and so, uh, no, I, I, but I'm going to put a strong pitch for everyone, but Coastal Kids... Man, you change a child's life, you change the world. You have an opportunity uh, to love and to serve. And, uh, and you say, well, I, you know, I, I've never served in uh, Coastal Kids before. Uh, we will run a background check on you. Um, but other than that, um, we could just use an extra set of hands in nursery for our, all of the different classrooms. And if you regularly serve, serve multiple services next week. Uh, we need you to do that. And uh, typically, the 10 a.m. service is the packed service for Easter. So unless you have a friend coming with you to the 10 a.m. service, avoid the 10 a.m. service. Come to one of the other services. Come to 8.30. Come on Saturday. Uh, come on Friday night. But I would like for everybody to fill this out and then to drop it in the blue offering buckets at the very end of the service. First impressions. Think about all the, you know, the doors and the greeters and the ushers and uh, the golf cards, all that, uh, security, cafe, they're all would love to have you serving next week. Now, today, uh, I can't think of a more fitting day uh, to wrap up this At the Cross series that we've been in uh, than Palm Sunday. You know, today is Palm Sunday. As we turn the corner now uh, and look forward to next week, right, next Sunday, the most important day of the year for Christians all around the world. Easter Sunday, where we celebrate together, collectively, the resurrection of Jesus. Now, before we get to that, we are going to go back one more time, 2,000 years ago, and look at the cross, to just to look at that first Good Friday through the eyes of the people who were actually there. And they're not who you would expect, right? That's what you've discovered. So far during this series, we've already looked at the cross through the eyes of the Roman soldier, uh, Mary Magdalene, and then last week, the eyes of Mary, the earthly mother of Jesus. Now today, we're going to look at the cross through the eyes of a dead man walking. You're familiar with that term, right? Dead man walking. Uh, it's a term that's used for condemned prisoners, those who are on death row. Because every step that prisoner takes is one more step closer to his ultimate death. 
That's a dead man walking. And so today I'm going to introduce you to another dead man walking, a condemned criminal 2,000 years ago who, by the grace of God, was crucified on a cross right next to Jesus. And so we're going to look at how this criminal was transformed from a dead man walking into a forgiven man headed to paradise because he met Jesus. Okay? So the story is found in Luke chapter 23. I'm going to be reading beginning with verse 32. Here's what it says. Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him, with, with Jesus, okay? When they came to a place called the Skull, some translations say Golgotha, uh, Skull Hill, um, they nailed him to the cross. Now, st- stop there just for a second. I think it's important to understand that where they are at physically, it's not somewhere like way outside, outside of town, you know, kind of out in the wilderness, out in the desert somewhere. This is just steps from the center of Jerusalem where everyone can see. Because remember, the Romans used crucifixion as a deterrent, okay? They wanted everyone to see this execution. So they would be deterred from rebelling against the Roman government. And it goes on to say, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right, one on his left, and the crowd watched and the leaders scoffed. He, sa- he saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he really is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fashioned above him with these words, this is the king of the Jews. Now, they meant that sign as a form of mockery. You know, they're making fun of Jesus. But the truth is, the, the, the irony is, it was true. Verse 39. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. So here's this one criminal. Okay, He's just kind of going along with everybody else. He's mocking Jesus. And then look at the other criminal in verse 40. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you're sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. So here's this other criminal. And basically he's coming to terms with the, the life that he's, he's lived to this point, probably the guilt that he felt, but he's also recognizing that here's Jesus, and he's done nothing wrong. He's not guilty. You know, he, he has this, what's going to happen when I die moment? Because look at what he says next in verse 42. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, to me, that's incredible. You know, in in the last moments of his life, this guy answers probably one of life's most important questions. And that is, who is Jesus? And who is he to me? Personally. 
and he believes. He believes that Jesus is the Messiah. And he asks Jesus in one of his final breaths, will you take me with you? Will you save me? And then verse 43, and this is gonna be kind of a key verse for today. And Jesus replied, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. Now Jesus could do something that you and I cannot do. He could see into this man's heart, the heart of this dead man walking. And although we don't know everything about this condemned criminal, what we do know is in that moment, Jesus saw his heart. And in the final moment of his life, this condemned criminal received God's salvation. So today as we wrap up this series at the cross and we turn our thoughts and eyes and hearts toward Easter next week, I want us to take some time today to explore some of the lessons that I think we can learn from this condemned criminal about salvation, about God's salvation. You know, for some of you, the lessons that we're gonna talk about today, they're probably reminders. I think that's okay, I think that's a good thing. I don't think you ever outmature salvation, grace, the good news of the gospel. And so, if that's you today, if these serve as reminders, then Palm Sunday is just a great time for worship for you, to be reminded of, of God's great gift of grace and salvation that you've experienced, just like that condemned criminal. Now for others of you, this might be new ground. And as we go to the cross with this condemned criminal, you might learn some things and discover something today that changes you and changes your eternity forever, just like it did for this condemned criminal. Today, you might come to terms with the idea that if you are living your life without God, without faith in his son Jesus, then you are a dead man or a dead woman walking. Even though you're still alive, you are moving forward in life towards an eternity that will be separated from God. And so maybe today, for the very first time, you recognize who Jesus really is. And you experience him today in a way that you never have before. So as we look at this, the transformation of this condemned criminal and what it teaches us about God's salvation, we're gonna look very closely at this one particular verse, these words from Jesus. And there, there's some things here that I think we can learn from this story. So about salvation. So here's the first one. Number one, if you're taking notes, uh, salvation is by grace. Salvation is by grace. The condemned criminal received salvation through 
God's grace. Now, before we go any further, I think that we take an important step and we kind of step back for a moment and we define some of these terms that I'm going to be talking about today so that we can fully appreciate what is salvation, what is grace. So this is not a blank on your outline. You might jot some of this down, but what is salvation? What are we talking about here? So salvation is simply God's process of forgiving our sins, um, adopting us into his family, and securing our eternity forever in heaven through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son Jesus and faith in him. Okay? So that's salvation. It's entirely a work of God. Now, when we say salvation by grace, so what's that? What is grace? Well, grace means that you and I didn't do anything to earn that. It was God's doing, his plan, his work. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough for it. You can't work for it. Okay? It is a gift from God. Now, let let me be clear here today. There is nothing, absolutely nothing lucky about crucifixion. Right? But, But here in this story, this condemned criminal is about ready to be crucified next to Jesus. I mean, think about that. Of all the places that he could have been crucified, he gets crucified at Golgotha, you know, at the the place of the skull, right next to Jesus, the Son of God. Of all the days that he could have been crucified, he's crucified on this first Good Friday right beside Jesus. Now, what's interesting about that, what makes that very um, interesting is that records show that crucifixion was actually a common daily occurrence. It happened all the time. They were used to seeing this. The Romans crucified their enemies, the criminals, in astounding numbers. And they did it to suppress and terrorize people. Okay? You know, understand, there were far more dead men walking in those Roman prisons than were about to be executed that day, you know, with Jesus at Golgotha. More than likely, Jerusalem prisons were filled, filled with condemned criminals. And of all the days and with all the people, this condemned criminal could have been crucified besides. He's crucified that day right next to Jesus. Now some people might say he's the luckiest guy in Golgotha that day, you know, for being executed, right? But the truth is, it had nothing to do with luck. God had a plan, and a plan for that criminal on that day. And God was going to use him to to demonstrate his grace. And and it's something that we can can learn from today. That nobody is is, is that far gone. And that even, yes, in the final moments of someone's life, it is possible because God sees their hearts for them to come around and to come home. You see, this criminal, on the worst day of his life, on the last day of his life, he finds himself on a cross next to Jesus. And look what Jesus says to him, okay? We're going to come back to this verse uh, all day long. Listen to this. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, why did Jesus say these words to this condemned criminal? Because at the last possible moment, 
I think that this criminal reached the proper conclusion to life's most important question. He understands who Jesus is. And he realizes that 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 sign that's above Jesus, that's over Jesus' head, it's true. That he was the promised Messiah. That he is the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This condemned criminal had never heard the words, uh, these next words that I'm going to read from your outline. But I imagine that if he had heard them, he would, he would confirm them for us today. Romans 5, 7 and 8. Listen to this. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Okay, for a good person. Most people would not be willing to do that. Although some, someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. So again, normally no one's even dying for a good person. But maybe, just maybe, for somebody who's really, really good, somebody might be willing to die. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us, and then underline this last phrase, while we were still sinners. That's grace. Grace means that God offers us his salvation while we are still sinners. You see, nowhere, I mean, Jesus didn't ask this thing, hey, you gotta take a theological test before I'm gonna say you're gonna be with me today in paradise. He doesn't say that. He doesn't ask the thief, you know, at that moment, well, hey, sorry, because you got to make restitution for your life. It's too late for that. You know, he, it, it didn't matter to Jesus that this guy had made all kinds of mistakes in his life, so much so that he's hanging on a cross right next to Jesus. But Jesus meets this thief right where he is. And he offers him in that moment Salvation by grace. And that's what God does for you. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says it this way. God saved you by his, what? Grace. Circle that word, grace. By his grace. When you believe, and you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so that none of us can boast about it. The condemned criminal teaches us, first of all, that God's salvation is by grace alone. It's nothing that you do. That's good news. Next, we learn that God's salvation is is personal. He offers it to us personally. Now, get this. Salvation comes from an individual, Jesus, to an individual. It comes directly from Jesus, here in this instant, to this specific criminal. Go back to the verse again. Listen to how personal it is. It says, and Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. You know, I kind of, you know, as you read this story, you kind of wish that you, you maybe knew this guy's name, right? You know, maybe his name was Joseph or Jacob. Maybe it was Bob. Okay, probably not Bob. You know, not too many first century Jews named Bob, but But you get the idea. We don't know what his name is. And I think maybe, just maybe, that's how God wanted it. Because if we knew what his name was, then the story would seem to be just about him. But here Jesus says salvation is about you. It's personal. You know, I think one of the um, ongoing myths about salvation 
you know, about heaven, about being a Christian, is that it, it comes to people um, in, in groups, you know, in, in mass. You know, in other words, some people think that, you know, if they're born into a certain family, that that in and of itself makes them a Christian. You know, well, we went to church almost every week when, when I was growing up. There, therefore, you know, because I was born into a certain family, because they went through certain steps, because, you know, I was christened as a child, I was baptized as an infant, I am a Christian. Listen to me for a second, okay? Going to church, having Christian parents, you know, those things don't make you a follower of Jesus, a believer, any more than going to Chick-fil-A makes you a chicken sandwich, Okay, although I, I, I'm not sure that, but I can confirm that uh, Pastor Scott Huff bleeds sweet tea Chick-fil-A. I mean, like, he, he bleeds that stuff. Chick-fil-A sauce, okay? However, that aside, salvation comes to all of us personally. Okay, your parents cannot receive God's salvation for you. Your spouse cannot receive God's salvation for you. You have to decide. You, it is a personal decision where you say yes to Jesus, where you personally receive him as your Savior and your Lord by your faith. What does that look like? How do you do that? Look at the next verse. It tells us, Romans 10, 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Listen, if you're here today and you've not yet made that decision, I want you to use today as an opportunity to kind of just reflect on what happened on that cross nearly 2,000 years ago and consider the reality that Jesus is offering you personally salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And if you would receive it today, it is yours. But you have to decide. So salvation is by grace. It is personal. And then number three, it's immediate. It's immediate. Anybody else have a streak of impatience in you, right? I, I mean, I do. I, from time to time, I, I can get impatient. Well, this, you're going to like this then. You're going to love this aspect of God's salvation. And that is, you don't have to wait. It's immediate. Again, go back to that key verse. Uh, verse 43, it says, and Jesus replied, I assure you when? Today, circle that word, today, I assure you today, you'll be with me in paradise. He, he tells the condemned criminal, today, not tomorrow, not after years of purgatory, you know, making up for everything that you did wrong, not after, you know, uh, several reincarnations where you overcome all of the negative things, you know, that have happened in your life. No, he says, today. Salvation happens today. It's the moment you receive Christ. When you say yes to Jesus and you ask him to come into your life, he gives you salvation today. Acts 2.21, but everyone who calls upon the, on the name of the Lord will be saved. It is available to everyone. And the moment you call on the name of the Lord, you're saved. That's what that condemned criminal experienced with Jesus 2,000 years ago. Now, how did he get it? That's the next lesson. It is through Jesus alone. 
It's through Jesus alone. It, salvation comes through only one person, Jesus. Again, go back to verse 43. It says, and Jesus replied, I assure you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus, the Messiah, the, the, the Son of God, he tells this condemned criminal, he tells this dead man walking, today you are receiving salvation through me. I am giving you salvation. You receive salvation through Jesus or you don't receive it at all. That's why we make such a big deal about Easter. You know, today we're at the cross. Next Sunday, we're gonna be at the empty tomb. And Jesus offers salvation to everyone based on his death and resurrection. And he is the only one who can offer salvation because he is the only one who died and came back to talk about it. He is the only, he is God's one and only son. He is the only one who lived a perfect life and who died for your sin and rose again to prove it, that your sins could be forgiven and you could have new life. In fact, Jesus himself said it this way, okay? These are his very words, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way the truth, and the life. Listen, it doesn't say there, hey, I'm one of many ways, you know, I'm, I'm one of, you know, this is my truth, but, you know, what is your truth? It doesn't say that. He did not say that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Listen to this. No one, no one can come to the Father except through me. Now, I do want to clarify something about salvation through Christ that sometimes critics will raise about our faith, okay? I hear people talk all the time about, you know, the intolerance or the exclusiveness of our faith, of Christianity, about how, as Christians, we, we like to exclude people. But if you think about it, if you're honest, nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus never excluded anyone. He didn't ex exclude this condemned criminal. He didn't exclude Mary Magdalene with her past. He didn't exclude the Roman soldier, the one who actually put the spikes in his hands and in his feet. And he didn't exclude you or me. He never excludes anyone. And anyone means anyone who wants to experience God's salvation can have it through Christ. See, I want you to understand that Christianity is by far the most inclusive faith in the world because it, it's crystal clear that anyone can receive it through Christ. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be good enough for it. You don't have to be of a certain ethnicity. You don't have to be born of a certain social class or to be born from a certain country. You don't even have to have led a good life up until that point. You don't have to wonder about it. You don't have to hope or, or, or wonder, you know, do I have God's salvation? If you've received God's salvation through faith in Christ, you can know for certain that you have it, and you have it now and forever. In fact, that's the final lesson about salvation that we learn from the condemned criminal. Salvation is also eternal. It's eternal. Salvation is by grace alone, it's personal, it's immediate, it's through Christ alone, 
and it's forever. And it starts the moment you say yes to Jesus. It, it lasts your entire life, and then it goes on through eternity with God forever in heaven. Again, look back at our key verse. Jesus uses a very interesting word here, by the way, that we don't use very often uh, in our modern language. Uh, verse 43, again, it says, and Jesus replied, I assure you today you'll be with me where? What's he say? In paradise. Now, again, today in our modern language, we probably would say, today you'll be with me in heaven. Because we understand heaven is this place where we spend eternity with God, and yet here Jesus says, paradise. Now, the choice of the word paradise is interesting because it ties together something that those first century listeners would have immediately understood, okay? They would have known what Jesus was talking about. They, you know, remember, the primary reason that Jesus was killed by the religious leaders was that he claimed to be the Messiah. He claimed to be the one that God sent. This is the reason for the sign above his head. Here's the king of the Jews. But why is Jesus' claim to be the promised Messiah so essential? Well, it goes back to the very beginning of the Bible, the very you know, first book of the Bible in Genesis. You know, when, when Adam and Eve were created, remember they were placed in a perfect environment in the Garden of Eden. There's no sin. There's no shame, there's no, there's no guilt. In, in the first century, Jewish people in, in, in Jesus' day would have referred to the Garden of Eden with a more descriptive word. They would have referred to it, they would have called it what? Paradise. Paradise. Referring to the Garden of Eden, a perfect place. You see, Adam and Eve were created by God to be with God forever. In paradise, no fear, no worry, no regret, no, no shame, no sin, no guilt, nothing. Through their sin, though, through their sin, Adam and Eve lost paradise. And beginning in Genesis and all through the Old Testament, God promised that one day a Messiah would come to offer salvation and to restore paradise. Paradise lost would be paradise regained. Through the Messiah. Now I know that's kind of, you know, maybe a little heady theological stuff. But when Jesus tells this condemned criminal, today you will be with me in paradise, they understood what he meant. That's what he was getting at. In fact, the Apostle Paul explained it this way in Romans 5, 17. Listen to this. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful what? Grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus offers salvation. We can triumph over sin. We can be restored to a right relationship with God. And paradise can be ours again in heaven. Everyone. Everyone. Even those who never receive salvation. Listen to me for a second. This is important. Everyone lives forever. 
everyone lives for eternity. But without God's salvation, without faith in what Christ accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection, that eternity will be spent without God in a place the Bible describes as hell. But through God's salvation, everyone who receives Christ can spend eternity with God in heaven. And that day, that condemned criminal discovered the answer to life's most important question, who is Jesus? And who is he to me? So my question for you today is the same. Who is Jesus to you? Who is he? Do you know for sure that if you were to die today, you would be with God for eternity in heaven? That you would hear those words from Jesus today. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Listen, if you, if you haven't made that decision yet to follow Jesus, you're a dead man, a dead woman walking. You're just like this condemned criminal on the cross. And you're on your way to an eternity separated from God forever. But in just a moment, you can change that. Not because you're good enough, religious enough, you go to church enough, because you, you can't, that's the point. That's why Jesus did what he did. And if you'll simply cry out to him, listen, God knows your heart. That's not for me to judge, not for anybody else here to judge. He knows your heart. And if you cry out to him to receive salvation, you can know for sure, just like this condemned criminal, that you will spend eternity in paradise. And you can live here and now in victory over sin. Why not do it today? It'll make Easter weekend so much sweeter. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, on this uh, Palm Sunday, the first thing we want to do is just pause and just say thank you. Thank you for what Jesus did on the cross for taking our sin on himself, taking, taking sin to the grave and then being raised to new life to overcome the power of sin and death so that paradise that was lost can be ours if we trust in you. And so, Father, I pray that if there's anyone here within sound of my voice who hasn't yet trusted in you, who's been going through life apart from you, that today, maybe for the first time, they would recognize who Jesus really is and they would say yes. They would ask Jesus to come into their life and in their hearts and their minds 
they would hear those words, today, today, my son, today, my daughter, you will be with me in paradise. You can live here and now in victory over sin and death, and one day we will be together forever. And Father, today, this week before Easter, I also want to pray for those people in our lives our friends, our family, our coworkers, our classmates, the parents of those classmates of our kids that we see and talk to every weekend at the ball field, you know, at the game, you know, right now, God, you know, maybe you're putting those faces, you're putting those names in our hearts and our minds, people that we know where we live, work, parent and play. God, may may we be May we be a tool that you might use. God, it's possible that we might be their only hope. There might be no one else in their life who is going to invite them to church this weekend except for us. God, open our hearts. Give us the opportunity. Give us the boldness. Give us the courage. And God, when we invite them, I pray that they will say yes. And I pray for everything that happens in all those six services next weekend here at Coastal. God, that you would show up in a powerful, powerful way. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you. We love you, and we pray this today in his name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.